You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well. I am back. I'm Jake. That's Brian, who's been carrying you for the past week and doing a great job. Brian, what is up? I say it every time, Jake. The pod is always better when you're here. <laughs> well, I'm back. <laughs> and and no one's happier than I am. Well, that might not be true, Jake. I, I did get a couple messages uh, asking where you were, and I tried to make up fun excuses. <laughs> um, like, well, Jake is now backpacking in Nepal for the f- for the next week. I said that you had taken a vow of silence until pro day down at BYU and look at what it did. You got a great throw from Zach Wilson. Uh, I also told people that you were not going to say a word until there was a hire made at the university of Utah and that paid off as well. It did pay off. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. We're going to break that down a little more in depth today. Obviously many of you probably saw over the weekend. If you didn't, you've been living under a rock. Utah basketball has a new leader and it is the former Utah state coach. Craig Smith will break that down. We'll also talk a lot more about what's going on just with the Utes overall. I think we have some question marks about how Craig Smith's going to round out his staff. There's plenty to break down when it comes to this hire, Brian. Let's have some fun with it today and discuss all of that ahead. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Glad to have them as the title sponsor of today's show. So without further ado, let's dive in. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for March 29th, 2021. Welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We are your co-host tandem reunited talking all things Utah. And Brian, I have broken my, what did you call it? My, my, my vow, of silence. vow of silence. But we do have a new head coach at the University of Utah. And I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast. We've seen incredible download numbers. And that kind of goes hand in hand with people wondering what's going to happen with a brand new coach uh, taking over the Utah men's basketball program. But I think all all's well that ends well is what I want to say today. Because I think Craig Smith in my opinion, is a fantastic hire. I know you did an emergency pod over the weekend to talk about the hire, but what was your overall takeaway about Craig Smith getting the nod up on the hill? I think it was a very Utah hire in the sense that it was a sensible move to make. We talked initially when Larry Kraskoviak was let go that I thought Mark Harlan had a name in mind from the very beginning when he made the move. Yeah. I still believe that that name was likely Craig Smith. And that a lot of it was not, I don't want to say a charade, but just doing due diligence because there are people when when it comes to trustees and boosters and whatnot that felt like it was necessary to investigate the two other candidates that we heard about. That's more than likely the reason that you heard them say that they were withdrawing from consideration. Uh, It's a polite way to let them know that thanks, but no thanks. 
Yeah, Brian, I agree with you on that point because I think many of us thought that there was a pretty much ready-made hire in Craig Smith sitting up at Utah State for uh, the University of Utah. And I think a guy like Alex Jensen saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to opt to remain with the Utah Jazz. Johnny Bryan essentially saying that, yeah, I'm out too. That clears the deck, for I think, for a lot of people with connections to Utah and the program to say, okay, those two are out of the way. The boxes, quote-unquote, have been checked with those two. Now we can move on and pursue Craig Smith. And in the end, Mark Harlan gets his guy. And I think that this is going to be a fun hire because Craig Smith, there's one thing I have learned talking with him and covering him, albeit in a limited fashion, working for the zone. He brings just so much energy to the job. That is, There is no doubt about that. Absolutely. And you and I have both had the pleasure of actually working with him. And so you get to see a little bit behind the scenes of what they really are. And, and he's as authentic as he can be in, in the in the press conference. And I thought it was really critical that he start things off on a right note. We've yeah. talked a lot about how the messaging or the opinion of people who are on the outside of the program can have a lot of influence. And you want to get off to a good start. He nailed all the points that Utah fans have, have bemoaned and belabored for a long time. Talked about wanting to schedule more Quadrant 1 games and, and uh, talked about the, the kind of team that he wanted to build and, and getting the Huntsman Center full and, and mentioned the muss in his press conference. Yeah. All those kinds of things that if you were to have a checklist, he made sure to cross out every single box. And that is going to be the the ethos of who he is going forward is that he'll always deliver uh, verbally and, and that energy and that willingness to go and get the job done no matter what the instance. Uh, Gordon Monson wrote about a story that Scotty G told him, which was funny because he didn't even <laughs> credit Scotty in the story <laughs> yeah. uh, about them having to do a coach's show from a, a closet. And yep. I think there's a lot of coaches that probably would have just said, no, I'm out. But that's not his way. He, he's going to get the job done, and he's going to do it to the best of his ability and with an absolute bucket full of passion. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's going to bring a lot of passion to this job. He's going to go about building the roster quickly, I'm sure. And uh, one thing we need to discuss is that building that roster includes building out his coaching staff, Brian. I think there are many questions with regards to, okay, he has the coaches that were with him from the transition from South Dakota to Utah State, and now as he makes the transition to the University of Utah, he also has guys that were on the staff at Utah who have strong connections to the program. How is he going to balance building this staff? And we'll break into that here in just a minute. I want to come and do that in the B block here of today's podcast. But I think that the one thing that Craig Smith is going to try to do is he's going to try to catch lightning in a bottle like he's done the last two places he's been at. I don't think you and I think that this roster, in all honesty, is too far away from being a player in the Pac-12. You saw moments th this past season under Larry Kriskoviak when Utah played like gangbusters, and you're like, man, if they could just bottle this, they could actually absolutely be an NCAA tournament team. Maybe with a new guy running the ship, maybe he can finally get them over that proverbial hump here and take that roster that Larry's... I think meticulously built here, if he can keep everybody intact with it, that's a big question mark in and of itself. But if he can go about doing what he's done at Utah State, there's reason to believe that Utah could very quickly find them find themselves in the top half of the Pac-12 and challenging for the NCAA tournament. 100%. And he's, he's shown a willingness to go into the transfer portal and fill uh, whatever holes might be vacated by guys. He was very adamant in his press conference that he wanted guys that wanted to be at Utah. And so 
you take that combined with his enthusiasm and, and everything that we've heard him talk about and his resume, and it's very favorable for the University of Utah basketball program going forward. Yep. The, the difficulty is going to be, Jake, this is not South Dakota and this is not Logan anymore. It is yeah. a very different ball game. Yeah. And it, it, Utah fans should be excited about it, but they also need to give him time to get the job done. He's being paid to play to play and coach in the big time here, and that's going to be a, the difference. I, I'm with you. Uh, the, he played. He was at the what we call it the G5 level in college football, but it is the mid major level in college hoops, and he's been playing at that level and having wild success. Well, you know what? Now you're at the big time. Let's see how you do in that. And let's talk, Brian, about that staff because I think there's a bevy of guys who we're going to be looking at trying to figure out, okay, which guys are he, is he bringing with him from Utah State? What's he going to do to round out his roster? Maybe with some of the guys currently that were on Larry Kraskoviak's staff who have connections to the Utah program. We'll touch on all of that here in just a moment. But let's take a minute and talk to you guys about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Brian, I know you've been doing these parlays and having some fun with your friends. How is everything going on that front? We're still swimming, Jake, and that's all we got to be doing. One head above water. I was going to ask you a question, Jake. If I wanted to place odds on maybe some of the candidates from the coaching staff at the University of Utah staying on or at Utah State coming over, mm-hmm. you know somewhere where I could do that? Yeah, you got to call Bet Online. They'll, they'll create odds for you. That That's the best part about it. Is they're not afraid to create any type of prop bet you want. If you ask for it, they're going to do their best to give it to you guys. That's what we love about having them as our partner here on Locked On Utes. They make it easy, by the way. You can sign up on your web browser or on your mobile device. And, by the way, sign up for free at Bet Online. But right now, they still have a 50% welcome bonus they're offering to all of our listeners. You heard that right. 50% added on to your first bonus. All you've got to do when you make that deposit is use the promo code Locked On, and you'll have 50% added to your account. Brian and I are big fans of Bet Online. I want to encourage you guys to take advantage of the opportunity as well. Do it all at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, I want to encourage you to get up to speed on everything when it comes to all the sports news you need to know about and download the Locked On Today podcast. It's 20 minutes or less, and you'll be up to speed on the sports world at large. Peter Bukowski does an incredible job making sure you guys are ready to roll when it comes to all the sports news you need to know about. So make sure you download it wherever you get your podcast. Once again, that's the Locked On Today podcast. All right, Brian, as I mentioned, we want to talk now about how we think Craig Smith might go about rounding out his roster here in terms of the coaches he might bring be bringing with him to Utah and or retaining from Larry Kraskoviak's staff. And I, I got to say just kind of at the outset here is that he has a huge pool to pick from, uh, literally, I think, because there's it's, the, it's, of course, a bigger level. It's the Pac-12. It's the Power 6 level in college hoops. There are going to be no shortage of options for him. But there are at least two guys on his staff from Utah State that I think will absolutely be in the mix to make the jump with him because, guess what, they've made the jump already with him. Yeah, it's Austin Hansen and, and uh, Eric Peterson have come with him and, and followed him along this, this journey that he's been on. This is a decidedly Midwest staff, and so you have yes. to wonder, is that going to be the direction that they want to head in? Do they want to try and pull more players from the great white north so to speak up there in minnesota and and the dakotas and michigan and and all that area or do they want to try and work more towards the midwest uh indiana where there is a a pretty devout basketball culture uh or do they want to try and add to that staff and 
possibly bring in someone with heavy West Coast ties. It's an interesting conundrum, I guess, because you only get three assistant chairs, but you have to believe that Mark Harlan is willing to pay whatever it takes in order to get enough people on staff to get the job done, whether that's creating positions like they had done with Donnie Daniels or they have a director of, of player personnel, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, Whatever it takes to get that, that mission accomplished, I think Mark Harlan has shown that he's willing to go that direction. Yeah, and there will be no expense spared, I don't think. I don't think Craig Smith is taking the job saying, hey, um, how many guys can I have on my staff? You get to have your three assistant coaches and your director of basketball ops. That's it. That's not That's not how things operate in this day and age of college hoops. I think there will be plenty of spots for him to put guys. Uh, in essence, you can create all kinds of different things. You can have a director of recruiting operations. You can have a director of uh, player personnel. You can have a director of player development. There's so many different, different jobs you can create. But those three assistants are going to be critical for him, and I'm with you. You said they definitely have a Midwestern flavor and in three seasons up at Utah State it didn't necessarily seem to hurt them in terms of their recruiting uh, getting guys to Logan and I know there are people out there saying well it was only three seasons Jake how much do we really know about this guy's ability to recruit there's absolutely that question but he also four years previous to that at South Dakota had some pretty good success in that regard so I'm of the opinion that he is going to hit the ground running here. Even if he does bring Austin Hansen and Eric Peterson with him, they obviously have spent time here in Utah coaching up there in Logan, so they have a feel for this state. They're probably already developing a feel for how to recruit the Intermountain West and the West Coast. But I do think, though, guys like Chris Jones, uh, Henry Martinez, there are guys on Utah's old staff, I guess the previous staff, who I absolutely would imagine Craig Smith will consider retaining potentially. Chris Jones has ties to the 90s, played under Rick Majerus. He's currently the men's basketball director of operations. It would be easy to retain him in that role because he has a familiarity with the program and the things that need to be done. It, it also is worth mentioning that his son does play on the team, Ryland yes, Jones. Yes, Ryland is his son, yes. has been a critical part to Utah's success in the last few years or lack thereof when he was injured, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that that right there was a, was a big issue, I think, with Utah's season was him, that shoulder injury. He he struggled, and he struggled most of the year, I, I think many people would imagine, uh, if you just look at it on its head, but the shoulder injury down the stretch, I think absolutely was a killer for Utah. He came back, re-injured it, and his inability to stay on the court there late in the season, I think it did lead to some of their issues they had because they didn't have necessarily a what I'd call a steady ball handler on the, on the court. And if Ryland, is there one thing he can do, that dude's very comfortable having the ball in his hands. Yeah, and and it was noticeable at times that the, the Utes really needed to have his ball handling skills out there. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, too, is it comes – with the development of Ian Martinez and, and his emergence because of the injury, essentially, he really did respond positively to that. And I think that most fans would consider him an absolute must-keep. Uh, it does sound like that one of the other players that we've talked about, Brandon Carlson, has no intention to transfer. I think a lot of his – and that's the benefit to getting in-state players, right? Sure. It doesn't matter as much who the coach is because they want to be here because they love Utah. Yeah. And there are two that are coming up in Colin Chandler and, and Jackson Kohler that I think are absolute must-gets for the University of Utah uh, going into the season. Yeah, that, that absolutely is going to be an interesting element there because I'm with you. If you recruit these in-state kids – 
they don't have many intentions of really leaving if a, if a coach gets switched out. So that's the nice part is you have a nice base to build off of. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see how they go about supplementing this roster. I think that the, the statement from Timmy Allen is mildly concerning because essentially it sounds like to me just reading it, and I'm not – I can't say one way or the other. Just reading his statement, it seems like to me he's moving on. So you're going to lose him, it looks like. Uh, I think that uh, Alfonso Plummer, he he's obviously probably going to move on as well. So you lose two very potent offensive options there. So we'll be interesting to see what Craig Smith does, whether that is uh, going into the transfer portal to see if he can kind of bolster the lineup right away via a graduate transfer or two. Or, yeah, you're right, guys like Jackson Kohler and Colin Chandler, he kind of says, you know what, we're building for the long term here. Let's bring these guys in, roll with what we've got, and just kind of build brick by brick. It's, I think, in my opinion, it'll be a mixture of the two, but I don't necessarily know exactly how Craig Smith is going to go about this right now. Yeah, and that'll be the mystery because I think it's something that the previous staff ran into and, and they had tried as hard as they could to get players to come to Utah and for whatever reasons – might enter their pockets. <clears throat> they were unable to do so. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what, what Craig Smith and his staff will do to try and counter that as well. Uh, we've, we know that he has connections with uh, international players. He's done that previously at, at Utah state yep. with, with measured success. And, and, you know, I think Nimi is a classic example of what you can find out there if you're really willing to go look for it. And so that'll be the fun part about this, right? Finding out what it is that they want to do. And I think uh, I mentioned this before, I think on the podcast, Spencer Hall, one of my favorite college football writers and, and perhaps one of the best ever. Um, it, it, just in general, I love him as a human being. Uh, maybe it's the beard. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's an elite beard. There's no doubt about that. But he says that oftentimes fans just get fatigued of seeing what they've always seen. And I think that's really what happened with Larry Kraskoviak is they'd seen the same issues over the stretch of the 10 years that he was at Utah. And fans are excited and ready to see new uh, new concepts. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that front. And the one thing I also know about Craig Smith is he's going to bring an entertaining style. He plays an up-tempo style, but they also are very sound defensively. He does not allow guys to slack off on the defensive side of the basketball, but they do play an entertaining style of basketball, a fun brand. And I think Utah fans are going to get on board with that. And I, I think the interesting part, Brian, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, is that based on what we're seeing in the tournament and – we're seeing the Pac-12 right now just having an absolutely stellar run in the Pac as, a, as just a conference in the NCAA tournament. So that, I think, is going to bring up the question, and we can discuss this here in just a minute, about the deep run that the Pac-12 has put together. We're going to have three teams in the Elite Eight here, the first time in 20-plus years they've done that. Well, what does that mean for Utah? Can, they, can Craig Smith come in and compete right away? Man, that's a question I think the only time we'll be able to answer with regards to next season and beyond. But I do think that he has a vision for what he wants to accomplish. He obviously has been hoping to make it to this level, uh, make it to the top level of college hoops and see what his style can do. And now I think Utah fans, you get a guy who's coming, what, an hour and a half south uh, from Logan, uh, bring in a very, very uh, 
big, I think, well, not big is what I'm trying to say. Maybe it's just a very um, loaded resume when it comes to what he's proven at two different stops as a head coach. And now he gets his chance to make an imprint on the Utah basketball tradition that I think many of us harken back to and say, you know what, this is a program that can be elite again because it's been elite multiple times before. It has, and, and you have to have that kind of vision and that, that belief uh, if you're coming into a program like this, where I think I think Utah is better than maybe we initially thought, as, as mentioned by what we've seen with the success of Pac-12 teams uh, outside of maybe Oregon, because woof. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this was clearly uh, Mick Cronin, you know, pounded the table all year long about <laughs> how much better the Pac-12 was yeah. than people were giving credit for. And, and he's looking like a genius at this point. So right on, you know, write it on, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Pac-12. We'll talk about that, uh, examine what exactly has happened to get the Pac-12 to have a pretty historic NCAA tournament. We'll examine that here momentarily. But, Brian, let's take a minute and talk about our good friends at Built Bar. I can tell you this much. Brian and I are huge fans of Built Bar. They have the best-tasting protein bars for a reason. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-fiber, high-protein, Brian. I don't know how much more we necessarily can say, but the best part is we're still finding out right now. We're still kind of plotting our way through it. We're finding out who is the best of all of the built bars. Well, we know, Jake. Okay, good point. We know. Yes. But what we're waiting for is the official results, right? Absolutely. And Coconut that... Brownie Chunk is, is leading my charge. Stay strong. Expecting a, a big fight against probably Cookie Dough Chunk in the title game. That's what I would imagine. But you guys can have your say in this. If you guys have a favorite Built Bar, you can go to BuiltBar.com, cast your vote every single day. They're running this bracket. They've been running it all month long, and it's been a lot of fun to see how different uh, bars from Built Bar are performing. But you're right. That coconut brownie chunk, man, it is my favorite going in. It's essentially the Gonzaga, in my opinion, of these Built Bars. But it has had some stiff competition, and it will continue to have stiff competition. But you guys get to have your say. BuiltBar.com or also on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. Go to Built Bar right now. You get that 15% off deal that you get specifically because you are a listener here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get your discount. And don't hesitate. Don't wait. This is March, Jake. Go get your Built Bars. Absolutely. Let's do it. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 now. Folks, the NFL Draft is just weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect, so that way you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow both Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I can tell you this much, Brian, they do a great job on both of those podcasts. I've listened to both of them in the past and been a ton of fun to hear them kind of breaking things down as we cruise towards the NFL draft. But the Pac-12, Brian, they are absolutely rocking and rolling when it comes to March Madness. And I think anybody who said they saw this from the Pac-12, well, they're lying because I didn't see it. I don't think you saw it. But it has been fun to watch this conference absolutely show what they can do here on the biggest stage. Only Bill Walton gets a pass for it, Jake. Fair. And we're not even there. We don't even know where he's at. Otherwise, he's probably out in the middle of the desert somewhere just channeling whatever energy source he has to to continue the run for the Pac-12 Conference of Champions. <laughs> he, uh, he called but it, it's man. Just, 
Yeah, it's been incredible, man. Like, I mean, you watched UCLA, and that was an amazing game. They snuck one out in overtime over Alabama. Oregon State continues to just, just unstoppable. Like, it is the unstoppable force. Oregon State lost to Portland this year, folks. I don't know how much more we need to say, but it's been just incredible to watch them do their thing. And that's the fun part about what they're doing here, Brian, is, yes, I've seen a bunch of Utah fans out there tweeting out emojis or uh, memes of cash because, yeah, each round of the Pac-12 advances means more money into the coffers for the University of Utah and the Pac-12 as a whole. But this is actually a really, really good thing for the conference as a whole because it has just been a bad run if you perception-wise for the conference. Because I think many of us look at it, well, football hasn't made the college football playoff in a while, doesn't necessarily seem to be a player there. And I think many of us heading into the NCAA tournament thought that the Pac-12 might be the first power conference to bow out. Well, guess what? They got three teams into the Elite Eight here, and they're absolutely flexing muscle. It doesn't look like they're going to slow down anytime soon. Yes, two of them are double-digit seeds. Let's be clear about that, UCLA and Oregon State. But they are proven that they can play with anybody, Brian, and I think that is a credit to what the conference as a whole. You mentioned earlier on in the podcast how Mick Cronin was pounding the table saying that this conference is better than people are giving it credit for. And they absolutely, he was right, Bill Walton was right. I got to tip my cap to him. It, it, they were, and we had such a hard time figuring out why Utah was what they were, and I guess the answer was that like the Pac-12 was really good. You know, <laughs> the fighting tinkles are one game away from a Final Four appearance. Yeah, and if you're not rooting for that family to be on TV more, like adjust the settings on your priorities a little yes. bit, folks, because though like they go hard, man. There is no let up from the Tinkle family, uh, and it's you know they're they've got a good shot against the Houston team. That kind of mimics a lot of what Oregon State does well as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like defensive, hard nose, rebounding, that kind of style of play. And what can you say about UCLA? There's that Cronin magic that's out there. I, it's it, it's it's just it's unfathomable that this would ever happen, you know. Yeah. But what perfect timing is Larry Scott walks his way out the door. <laughs> I was going to bring that point up, but you're right. That's a good point. Oh, by the way, I've got this man crush on Jaime Hawkes. I, I, I love watching that kid play, and he absolutely balled out uh, to lead you silly to that win over Alabama. But it is just fun to see the conference representing. That That's the fun part about it because, yeah, I think many people saw this. Well, the Pac-12 is just beating up on each other. Well, apparently beating up on each other got them ready to beat up on everybody else when it came to the NCAA tournament. And we're going to be sitting here rooting for the rest of the run here, however long it lasts for the Pac-12. I'm hopeful, Brian, that we get to see maybe at least one, possibly two, or maybe even three teams in the Final Four, but we have to kind of sit back and wait. The world will be spinning off of its axis if that yeah, happens. You're right. And Bill Walton will be front row cheering it on. Yes, without Bill, a doubt. Bill Walton would be having the time of his life. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And I hope he shows up in his Uncle Sam costume because there's no better no better way to represent your love for for, for the Pac-12 than representing your love for country as well. Yeah, but absolutely. it's just you know that UCLA team you mentioned. It's really fun to watch. Like they're kind of easy to root for, which is super awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's. It's been a massive benefit for the con- conference as well. They're almost they've been guaranteed thirty million dollars worth of of funds through this whole significant run. It's almost I think it's up to five hundred thousand uh, dollars per team off of just this year alone from everything that they've been able to do. Which that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's counting all the other 
years that they're raking exactly. in too, and so it can get anywhere up to two to five to six million dollars. Yeah, it, and the best part is these these tournament shares, as they call them, they last for six years. That's the fun yeah. part about it. This is this is a, a fund that is going to be guaranteed for you for a number of years to come, and that's that's the positive news when it comes to being a Pac-12 program. All right, Brian, any final thoughts from you before we go here? Jake, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Go Pac-12ers. <laughs> there we go. I like that. And with that, we will call it a day. Big thank you for all of your guys' support of the podcast. Please follow the show on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian. You can find his fine work at Brown Bear SLC. You can find me at Jacob C. Hatch. Or feel free to email the show anytime. LockedOnUtes at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for March 29th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.